0: This is the Hollywood Raw Podcast, hosted by entertainment veteran Dax Holt and street journalist Adam Glynn.
1: Welcome to the Hollywood Raw Podcast, Raw Rundown, where we give you the top 10 stories of the week. Brought to you by data. That's why we do it. People always ask us, how do you do the top 10 stories of the week? Most times it's data, and then it kind of goes into some stories that are somewhat influential as far as it's kind of trending. We do it all um, to find <laughs> out the top 10 stories of the week. Over there is Dax Holt. My name is Adam Glynn. Two entertainment news journalists with more than a decade experience also have shitty health insurance. What's up, buddy? How are you doing? <laughs> I was so excited there for a second. I thought we had a new sponsor. <laughs> I thought no, Dana was the name of some company throwing money at us. It's so funny. <laughs> it's like we have all this like entertainment news experience. And I'm like, but what do I have to show for it? Not much. Beautiful but, hair. Uh, You've got some great good hair.
0: Anybody.
1: You so do you as well. But it's um it's I just have good, I don't know. It I have good stories. <laughs> like it's so funny like sometimes I when I sit by myself and I ponder and I really reflect I it's like one of those things about my time in the entertainment industry it's like oh my god like am I living in a mansion am I in an action film am I doing mo-? like no but I've done some pretty cool things. Do you ever think like that?
2: Um I think that it would be more fun to think about it if I was in a mansion.
1: Yeah. It would be nice <laughs> if I had more to show for it, but the stories and experiences I have from them are insane, and um, yeah, that's really what I got kind of got going oh, on this I'm, week. What's I'm so wrong?
2: tired of being like sick, dude. I have still got this stupid cough, so I'm. I apologize. I'm trying as hard as I can not to cough in your guys' ears, but I'm muting myself every four seconds so that I don't hack up a lung. It's so annoying.
1: Totally fine. Uh, this week the stories, they were pretty much blah but
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know um you know obviously there are some major stories that happened very few but there are major stories in the industry um but uh, before we get to the top 10 stories of the week you know dax what do we love reviews we love reviews so much we read them on the air it's the best thing to do to support this podcast and uh, when you do it we'd hug you in person but we can't but we give you a shout out on the air dax who can we shout out today?
2: Let's shout out Captain Yandu Yodonta. Uh, five stars, excellent, just excellent as the title. I've been working on this show uh, BTS, and it's the highlight of my week. Thanks for bringing me joy multiple times a week. Fun stuff, Lucian. I think is how you say the name. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, been working on this show BTS, like behind the scenes or like behind the, the scenes.
1: Uh, listen, they, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they work for the show. Do they work for the network? I have no idea, but we'll take it. Yeah, we will. Um, love it. Thank um,
0: you.
1: Yes, thank you for thank you, Lucien, for Lucien for helping us out on the podcast. Maybe they work for the network. If not, we appreciate the love. And if you haven't left a review, it's the easiest thing you do. Just go to, let's say, the Apple app for podcast, the podcast app on Apple. Click in put in Hollywood wall. If you go all the way to the bottom, say a few kind words, put five stars, and if you do that, we'll actually give you a shout out on the air. It really helps us out with the algorithm. That's people always wonder one that algorithms and charts. When you leave reviews and when you leave comments like that, it pushes you up the charts and that helps us um, helps us sleep at night, most importantly. So uh, we I, appreciate it. By the way,
2: I, I am being told we might get a call. Mid-podcasting right now, there's a Bravo star who wants to say something uh, about a recent incident. So we may have a little addition to our rundown, but we're going to go through the rundown like normal. If this call comes in, we're going to answer it. But if not, we're going to keep moving through.
1: Sounds good to me. Let's start the raw rundown, the top 10 stories of the week, starting with number 10.
2: Uh, Number 10, Alec Bell. (laughs) Alec Baldwin had no intention of attending that pro-Palestinian protest. I don't know if you guys saw a video this week come out where he got into a heated argument with some of the protesters out there, yelling at them, kind of charging at them. Uh, apparently, he he did not plan to be there. It sounds like he was on his way to volunteer to teach an acting class in Manhattan on Monday uh, when he you know, was kind of strolling through the street, found himself in the middle of this uh, Protest or this demonstration, I guess, because they were making their way down 42nd Street from Grand Central Station and they just happened to be crossing paths with him. And then uh, a couple of people apparently started to approach him aggressively and repeat, you know, uh, things because he's an actor in Hollywood and saying that he was siding with Israel. And he just started yelling at them, basically saying, Ask me a smart question, ask me a smart question. Um, before he kind of like got into a little Tuffle, there was the NYPD there. They saw what was going on and they ended up kind of uh, calming down the incident or the situation by getting him out of there quickly before it escalated anymore. Um, what, what are your thoughts? Cause you, neither one of us are Alec Baldwin fans at all. Like neither one of us like Alec Baldwin. Um, but this, um, this situation uh, it was probably a good thing the cops were there because Alec has a temper, um, and it seemed like the, uh, some of the protesters there were ready to throw some hands down with him.
1: Yeah, you know it's so funny when this story came on the list. X. I I was curious when you heard this story happen, and obviously, we're neither of us are huge fans of Alec Baldwin personally, but uh, yeah. did it make you like him a little more? Um, I mean, just because I- of you've been very vocal about Israel and stuff, and. Uh, we don't really know why he was going through it exactly, but obviously he got into a people, but what were your thoughts on it?
2: I mean, I just, listen, it's hard. It's, it's Alec. Baldwin's, we don't know why like, he was there. I I know he was, he, he said he was just going to, he was teaching an acting class. He was like volunteering to teach an acting class. So he was like passing up the street and got involved with it. Um, it's really hard to like anything Alec does, even. You know, even if I'm siding with the side he's on, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I I don't want anyone to get in any fights. And I want everyone to have their voices sure. heard, whatever they believe I in. Um, I, it's just a, a lot of protests recently, I feel like, haven't ended very peacefully. And so I want uh, – if people want to say stuff, have your protest. Just have it peaceful. At the end of the day, we don't need to have, uh, you know – People getting hurt going to, you know, at these protests.
1: I agree with you. And obviously, Alc Baldwin is a little bit of a hothead. So I don't know if someone saw, hey, here's a good opportunity to go after him. Uh, you know, it's still like, okay, you're saying he was on his way to an acting class. He wasn't there for the protests. But then you know. how did he exactly get involved then? That's the part I'm saying where people are just yelling at him and then he just. Yeah, started it,
2: to- it sounded like they came after him because they recognized him and you know we're cornering him about how you know people in Gaza have no electricity they have no water um, all this stuff and so that's why you know a lot of people in Hollywood are very pro israel and so i think that they just pointed at him and said you're in hollywood you're pro israel like we're coming after you and i don't i don't i don't i don't follow alec on social media so i don't know if he said anything pro-Israel this whole time, or they just assumed he was?
1: Yeah. Um, that part, I don't know. That part, I, I, I don't know. But, um, yeah, he, the, they're lucky the police is there because who knows if Al Baldwin would actually get physical. Like, yeah, he was he, yelling and shouting. He would,
2: but- he, that would not be a situation he'd want to get involved with. Like, that's a big group of people you know what I'm saying? Like that could turn very poorly, very quickly on him.
1: Yeah. I'm looking at Al Baldwin's Twitter right now. and It doesn't seem like he's too active on it. So I guess they, uh, and I, there's no answer. I don't, this is not factually true. It's just my opinion or maybe what happened. They just thought Al bald, they consider Al bald, part of Hollywood and Hollywood is pro Israel. And that's why they decided to kind of make him a target. And, um, yeah, just uh, – I, I, if any protest happens, protest, go for it. If you want to do it, you just want to end peacefully. And it was peaceful because there was police there. I don't know if it would end peaceful if the cops were not there. Dax, the number nine story. By the way, is
2: there something ironic with calling for a ceasefire in Alec Baldwin's face? <laughs> I don't know. All right. I'm going to move on.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, I'm going to die here. Uh, Cameron Diaz says uh, she was doing this interview uh, with one of her friends. They were doing the podcast "Lipstick on the Rim" with um, with Molly Sims. Molly Sims. And, and she, at one point, the, the ladies are talking about open up and about their lives, and she says it's actually good. We should normalize married couples having separate bedrooms, uh, which obviously a lot of ears perked up about this. And she said, you know, uh, her ideal living situation would basically be like, there's two houses, two separate houses, and they have um, basically they're joined in the middle. And those are the common areas and you kind of sleep in your 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 sides of the house. And then you go to the common areas. And that's where, you know, you live life and you can get it on in your 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 one central bedroom. But most of the time you just live off in your other bedrooms. And the ladies were like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? She did clarify it, said, by the way, I don't feel like I, that way now because my husband is wonderful. I said that before I got married. Um, but there's actually other people out there that go, yeah, you know, that it's okay to have a little bit of distance. I remember Gwyneth Paltrow back in the day had said something very similar, like for the first year of her marriage to her husband, they were like apart because they had children with, you know, uh, in other marriages, and so they were kind of like spending time with their children and going from house to house, and so they it actually kept their like sex life all exciting because they weren't with each other every single day, and um, and then they had to work on it once they moved in together. So I don't know, maybe there is some truth to that.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with it. I mean, everyone's got different things and different. You know, maybe sometimes it's actually just sleeping better. You know, how many times, Dax, when you're sleeping with your wife, that she might do something and you get annoyed with in bed. She pulls the covers for you and just disrupts your sleep just a little bit. And sleep is very important. You know, sleep, sleep is, is uh, sleep is very important. And I have a buddy of mine who does it. He and his wife they sleep in separate beds five days a week or four days a week, five days a week. And then on Friday, Saturday nights, they sleep in uh, they sleep together in the same bed. Really? And the reason is well, I, is, well she's a teacher. She's a teacher and he's in no, they have no kids actually. It's just that she's a teacher. So she has to put her alarm at 6 a.m. And she he's like, listen, if you set your alarm to six a.m. I'm gonna wake up at six a.m. So therefore they hang out together, they just sleep in separate rooms from Sunday to Thursday, then Friday, Saturday, they sleep in the same bed and it works for them. And I don't I don't think there's anything to judge or, you know, I get it. I I, I get it. I understand it.
2: Yeah. I, I guess I don't think anything bad of it. Like my thing is if I'm, if I can't sleep, I'll go to the other room and sleep there. And then it just helps me sleep. Or for the last like two weeks, I've been sleeping in the other room. Cause I'm, I, the second I lay down, I start hacking up a lung. So she's like, Hey, you're out of here. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. Go, go hack up a lung somewhere else. I need to sleep. Um, yeah. But no, I, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's healthier. Honestly, I would say being in the same room seems healthier to me. But that's me. This because that's what I'm used to. But for other people, maybe that's helpful for them. I don't know.
1: Who might yeah, it works good for them. I mean, you know, sleep is very important. And obviously, if they get sleep, they won't be angry or aggressive to each other, like we said. So it works for them. Good for them. I, no harm, no foul. I, I understand it because I know how I am if I don't get sleep, so I get it. Dax, you, number. Did you, ever, eight. Did, did you ever? Did you ever watch The Crown? I did not watch The Crown because
2: it's funny because that's I, essentially what the king or Queen Elizabeth and and uh, the duke would do. Well, at least that's how they represent it on the crown. Is that she has a bedroom, he has a bedroom, and then they kind of have like a bedroom in the middle. And I don't know that it's kind of interesting, or no, maybe they didn't have a bedroom in the room. Maybe it was the bathroom in the middle, but they had separate bedroom. <laughs> they have separate bedrooms in that show, and I don't know if that's accurate and that the queen really had a separate bedroom. But I found it. I found it very interesting.
1: Yeah, it's um, yeah crazy. Okay, sorry, no back wild to, things. Nope. Back to the next back one. To- Back to the number – I'm over Cameron Diaz. So it's uh, yeah. the debate about if married couples should be able to sleep in separate beds. Dax, number eight. Uh Derek Huff says
2: his wife will uh, be having skull surgery uh, and to just keep her in your prayers. So if you've been following the story, Haley, his wife, had to undergo surgery on Wednesday to replace a large portion of her skull that was removed during an emergency craniectomy. I believe that's how you say it um this was a a big scare they were out on the road she got rushed to the hospital um she had like a hematoma come up and they had to cut open her skull uh, to release the pressure and uh, now she has been recovering but because they cut it open there was still a piece of like skull missing and they had to go and replace a large portion of that to keep her brain protected and all of that and so he has been posting updates throughout the last couple uh weeks on his social media saying, please keep her in your prayers. He's been posting photos of her uh, and him out walking around DC following the emergency surgery where she's got like a big helmet on, obviously because um, you know, her, her head is very sensitive right now. She can't be falling and hurting her head, which I'm assuming would cause life threatening uh, injuries if she fell with her skull being exposed like that or her brain being exposed like that. So Anyway, he has been showing a lot of, ex- he's been expressing a lot of gratitude and, um, you know, saying thank you for all the support, messages, prayers, and all of that that people have been sending out to them.
1: Yeah, pretty gnarly because they were on tour. And actually, I was going to try to mooch my way into going to see him. He was doing a show where I'm at in Miami. And I, it was like on a, a random night. I was like, yeah, hey, maybe that'd be fun to go, go see, see Derek Huff do his thing. Um, and they're still, you know, they got married this summer. But that's obviously something very serious um yeah it's a serious you know anything with the head obviously any type of surgery is serious but this i saw the photo that he posted i guess they're in washington dc and she had to wear like this helmet um Mm -hmm. yeah i'm just not familiar with the procedure and stuff but it it seems very serious and uh i do appreciate them being sort of vocal about with us who are like the fans of them kind of going through it so um yeah she's getting a skull implant it's going to restore the skull to its natural shape and protect the brain. And obviously, protecting the brain is super important. So um, hope everything works out for them. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's, there's not much to say. It just sucks. Shitty story. It is what it is, guys. Number seven. Uh, number seven, Traji P.
2: Henson broke down into tears while, uh, you know, being asked about quitting acting and not being paid fairly. Uh, she basically just said, look, you know, I have been working in this industry for so long. She, by the way, she was out promoting um, the color purple, the color purple, uh, wh- and yeah, doing a serious XM interview with Gail King, and this one, this whole conversation came up. And uh, Gail had asked her, "Hey, you know, there's been rumors that you had said maybe you'd be quitting acting." And she said, "Yeah, I've I've kind of hit my breaking point in Hollywood, and I'm tired of being underpaid." She goes, "I'm just tired of working so hard, being gracious at what I do, getting paid a fraction of the cost. I'm tired of hearing." My sisters say the same thing over and over. You get hired. I hear people go, you work a lot. Well, I have to. The math ain't mathing. When you start working a lot, you have a big team, big bills come with that. What you know, we we don't do this alone, a whole team behind us and they have to get paid.
1: Dax, so, hold on. Before you before you continue the story, a question like this the setup to this story with this, with Gail King and Taraji P. Henson, do you think Taraji's team went to Gail beforehand and said, hey ask us this question. Like, they teed up for this answer, this response. Oh. Because that happens a lot in interviews. I mean, I do – I'm very – I'm guilty of it too. Like, there's – people say, hey, tee me up because I'm going to go in on this. So I wonder with this situation, this interview, Gail King – you know, she decides – she's been doing press for a while. She's sitting down with Gail King. Hey, now's the time. Ask me ask me this question, and I'm going to have a good response for you that's going to create some buzz and some news.
2: But it wasn't even, like – just a good response. It was like you saw a real human side of her. I mean, she's literally like sobbing in this interview. Um, So my only thought it was that this has been something that is on the tip of her tongue or something that she's been talking about a lot. And maybe her team said, Gail, this is the moment because if she's going to talk about it, she's going to talk about it right now. And so ask her um, because it seemed authentic. It didn't seem like a set up, Tonight Show style question, if that makes sense. Like a lot of those things are prepped and ready to go. This felt authentic, like frustration had been building up. The, the anger is in there because she's been dealing with this for years and years and years. I mean, she. you go back to Benjamin Button and she was paid $100,000 to be in Benjamin Button where Brad and Kate, uh, Kate were paid probably millions and millions of millions to be in that movie. And she's like, back then, all I wanted was $500,000. And they wouldn't even give me that. They gave me $100,000. And she goes, fine. Like, I knew that my worth wasn't necessarily a million dollars for that movie. But you're telling me my worth is only $100,000 for that movie? And she goes, it happens time and time again, where she gets to the point where she's nominated for Oscar. She's up for huge awards. And so she feels that she has now hit that next level. And then she goes to film a movie or something. And people go, Sorry. You know, um, you, we can't pay you. We can't pay you what you're worth. So just kind of like take this if you want to be in the movie. And she goes, "I don't understand." And their excuse is what she's being told is that you know th- black stories and black actors don't translate overseas, and that's the excuse she keeps hearing. And she's like, "I'm tired of this excuse." Twenty plus years into the game, I, like something needs to change. She goes, "I'm just." I don't think I can keep handling this.
1: Yeah, um, I don't know what changes or how it how to make it work for everyone. I, I I don't have the answer to that. It's interesting to have this conversation and to learn about her perspective on it. You know, I I, I would say this. She she says, you know, when you get paid ten million dollars for a film, you know that you have to give fifty percent of that to taxes. So now you have five million, and then thirty percent of that goes to your team. A thirty percent of what you goes, you know the gross that you have goes to your team. So after all that, you're not walking as walk, walking away with as much as you think. So with that said, I don't have the answer to kind of fix that situation. I don't know Well, she just says, pay me more
2: because at the end of the day, if she's getting one hundred thousand dollars, now it's fifty thousand dollars. Now it's twenty thousand dollars. Like think about how much she walked away from being in a massive blockbuster movie like Benjamin Button. She walks away with $20,000 from that and gets nominated for an Oscar. Like it doesn't make sense. She's right. The math ain't mathing in this situation.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a producer. I'm not on the business end of it. I don't know how to make it work worthwhile where everyone's happy as far as the pay scale. Is she a great actress? 1,000%. But weird situation. I don't know how it's going to resolve. And I don't know if her making this more vocal will actually work out. I think it helps. I
2: mean, I would hope so because I think at least it opens people's eyes to what's really happening in Hollywood, you know, yeah, that there's these massive pay discrepancies and people out there who should be getting paid more continually get told, no, 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 you shouldn't be get that. And she's like, how I'm, I'm a decorated, phenomenal actress. There should be more coming
1: my way. She was great in Benjamin Button. When Benjamin Button, by the way, great movie that you only watch once.
2: Yep. I have never You don't watch it that again.
1: again. You you were never yep. gonna watch it again. But when the first time you watched it, like, man, I really enjoyed that film, but you're never gonna watch it again. Correct. <laughs> there's so many of those movies. Man, I loved watching it. I'm not gonna and watch it. And then there's again other movies,
2: room. then there's movies like Titanic that I've seen a thousand times.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's weird how that happens. I wonder what the studio thinks. Like, we're gonna make a movie; they're gonna enjoy once this movie. You're gonna watch us over and over and over. I I want you to recite this movie. So I don't know how that works.
2: All right, guys, we got a special caller joining us right now: Malia White from uh, Below Deck, from Winter House, uh, one of the friends of the Hollywood Raw podcast, calling in. There was a a pretty interesting moment on uh, Watch What Happens Live. There was the Winterhouse reunion, and uh, it didn't go so well for you. And I know that uh, I wanted to hear your side of this story because when I was watching it, and for people who are fans of Winterhouse, they watch Sam uh, Corey's girlfriend just go after you. Well, she went after you on the show, but then really went after you on Watch What Happens Live, uh, basically saying you're going after her boyfriend, and she was so hurt, and you were desperate, and all kinds of stuff. And so I want to kind of pick your brain, how you thought everything went down.
0: Yeah, I uh, I was pretty taken aback by the reunion. I honestly wasn't expecting that from Sam. And I had a blast filming. Like I loved the whole group. The vibe in the house was amazing. We had such a good time. So the reunion was, I it was kind of a bummer to end like that, you know? Um, but yeah, I get it. She's upset and she thinks I want her boyfriend, but I definitely do not, nor did I ever. Um, so yeah.
2: But it seemed like the, the, what caught me off guard was, so it seemed like the whole cast was basically blaming him saying he was never clear with what the hell his relationship status was. Like he put everyone in an awkward situation by being like. I'm here. And then all of a sudden, his girlfriend shows up and it was, I'm now in a relationship. And it kind of messed with everyone's emotions in there. And so, but I did feel like he shifted the blame to you as well, saying you would have had sex with him he let you, basically.
0: And it's funny because even Jordan said in front of Sam, she was like, I thought I had the green light. Like, everyone in the house was like sam we're telling you that he's giving off this green light energy and then only when you've come did he say oh no no we're dating or we're we're seeing each other whatever and it's like you know the whole time we're all hanging out we're having good times there's this green light energy whatever and it's like Corey I still didn't even try to do anything with you like legitimately i thought Corey and i had a really good friendship so this it also pisses me off because now he's turning it as in like you would have had sex with me and it's like you're so full of yourself like no i wouldn't have for one and two like i thought we had a cool friendship so it's kind of a bummer
2: does it, so I always wonder this with these shows that you go back and film, you know, in a couple months or whatever, run into them at some Bravo event. Does it make you not want to film with them? Or you're like, fuck it, like, this is my gig and this is, this is what comes with it, this kind of, like, extra drama. How, you know, how do you move into the next part of Winter House moving forward?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Like, I have no beef with either of them. It was just kind of, like, a bummer... To end that way. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I obviously didn't love Sam attacking my character because she doesn't know me at all. Mm-hmm. And this is all over Corey, which is like really interesting to me because it sh- seems like it was a problem between the two of them that should have been solved between the two of them, but then got passed around like to the rest of the house, like the blame. It's like she went after all the women in the house rather than actually just having an honest conversation with her boyfriend or situation or whatever. Like instead of just holding him accountable and being like, Hey, what the fuck, what are we, are we going to be boyfriend and girlfriend? Or are you going to continue to like flirt with everyone else and keep me on a string? Instead of just doing that, she then put the blame on everyone else.
2: So now that you've had a few hours to like decompress, cause it's one thing to catch you in the moment, put you on the spot when you're yeah. recording a show live, you've had some time yeah. to like think over the conversation. I know that you've watched what aired. What mm-hmm. would you want to say to Sam at this point?
0: That I have zero interest in Corey and I never had any interest in Corey. And if I had, he was giving off green light energy. I don't think a tackle is what should have like set it off. You know, like if people were, tr- you know, the funniest part for me is that other people in the house, Jordan, Openly admitted that she was going actively going for Corey, and I'm saying I wasn't, and yet I still got all the shit from Sam. But I think it's because I wasn't there in person. You know, I was the one that was
2: (laughs) on Zoom, on Zoom on a boat, (laughs) far away from everyone. Didn't
0: have to. I'm like, you you have Jordan, (laughs) yeah, but I'm like, you have Jordan knocking on Corey's door at night, and you have me tackling him in front of you, like yet I'm the one that gets shit on. I don't know.
2: Okay, well, put, seems a bit put, put, put Sam aside. Mm. What would you say right now to Corey being your friend, someone that you have spent hours and hours and hours of hanging out with? What would you say to him after all of that went down?
0: That I'm just pretty, like bummed out like pretty disappointed like it's really shitty like he didn't just say like yeah me and Malia are homies we had a cool friendship like that's what it was instead he's trying to misplace the blame it's really shitty because I really enjoyed Corey like I really enjoyed getting to know him I really enjoyed like his family we we all met his family we all hung out like and it was always as friends and so now it's kind of a bummer I feel like I've lost a friend and like I have beef with people that I don't really care to have it with you know.
2: Does mm-hmm. this because right now you're you're on a boat right now? Where are you in the Mediterranean? Where are you at?
0: <laughs> I'm in well, I'm in Guadeloupe, but I'm actually underway right now. We're going to Antigua. We're oh, nice.
2: <laughs> You're actually like out on the water like this is a great yeah. signal if you are out this floating is, around yeah, on the water is, right now.
0: We have we have Starlink now, and this is this my is,
2: office. Yeah. This is amazing. <laughs> Damn. This is I a know. good reception for out floating yeah. around on the water. Um yeah. yeah. Do you um when do you plan on seeing any of these people? From you know, Katie or I know you guys are so close. Any anyone else that you plan on seeing? Have you talked to anyone? after that aired about kind of what their perception of everything was?
0: Yeah, I got a bunch of messages from the other cast being like, we don't know what that was. And you can see in the reunion, everyone's like, what are you talking about, Sam? Like, I think everyone kind of had my back. And then Katie, like, really had my back, which, of course, she's amazing. Um, But yeah, to be honest, I'm not going to think about it after this. I'm busy. I have no... I don't really care like this whole Corey Sam drama I feel like is just getting dragged for no reason like nobody cares just figure your relationship out and shut up like nobody cares either be together or don't be together but stop making it like everyone else's problem <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, <laughs> well well, are you, are you filming right now or are you doing something on the side
0: uh, I'm not filming right now
2: No, this the is boat just-
0: I'm on right now is my actual my actual boat
2: that is so. Katie's cool. here.
0: She's just on dinner service.
2: <laughs> Are you serious? She's. How did she get yeah. there so fast?
0: No, no, no. So she, yeah, she came right after the reunion. Holy shit, that's fast.
2: <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> well, tell Katie hi for uh, for me. I will. Uh, I'm sorry, Adam dipped out there for a second, but uh, I appreciate you calling in. I wanted to hear your perspective of kind of everything went down because it felt like you got really trashed publicly, uh, pretty hard, and so. I thank you for yeah. calling in and just saying, Hey, like, this is my perspective.
0: Yeah. Thanks for having me and letting me, I, you know, like, again, I like, I don't really, it is what it is. It's reunion. That's what these things are here for. I'm like, I understand Sam's going through a lot, but I just kind of want to be left out of it. But yeah. 100%. Yeah. All
2: right. Well, thank you, Malia. Get back to work. I, I, I'm sure you're having a blast out there. Say hi to <laughs> yeah. anyone else on the, on the boat that I know. Uh, But uh, good luck. Stay safe on that water.
0: Thanks, Dax. See you guys. Bye. Bye.
2: Dax, the number six story. Number six, Jeannie Mai rejecting Jeezy's gatekeeping allegations about their daughter, raising safety concerns over firearms. I mean, this divorce is getting quite contentious. Um, So Jeannie Jeannie Mai is, you know, she's denied previous accusations made by her strange husband, Jeezy um that she is gatekeeping their daughter from him you know if you if you don't recognize the name she was one of the hosts on the real and uh now has she's been a all big over beauty the news.
1: influencer yeah
2: yeah she's she's a big deal um but she's been mostly in the news recently because of this divorce um and Jeezy, obviously a big rapper out there um but um uh, they've got a little daughter 23 month old daughter, Monaco. And Jeezy's basically saying she's not spending adequate time with him. And so he had to go file some more paperwork with the court and had Jeannie's lawyer basically responded saying, look, this is over the child's safety saying it's essential to clarify that Ms. Jenkins insistence on res- responsible safety measures being put into place, such as safety, securing and locking away all firearms that have been unsecured in the past, as well as having a familiarity with." Properly trained caregivers is absolutely not gatekeeping, but rather a responsible effort to prioritize their daughter's well being. So, yeah, I mean, she wants to make it very clear that he does not have a safe household because he has firearms, is really what that whole statement said to me.
1: She, yeah, she's saying he has guns, she wants staff there who know how to properly take care of a baby, and um. She, he, his team is saying these claims are 100% false. Oh no, I'm sorry. There is there rumors why they got divorced. There was rumors that there was some infidelity in the relationship, but the rappers team is saying that's 100% false. This divorce started with them saying, Hey, listen, we're both going to love each other. We have a grown feet we have a baby from this relationship. We'll always be in each other's life. It started when this divorce was announced like, Hey, this can be a positive divorce. We're both cool with each other. But the way mm-hmm. it's been going the last few weeks, it's been dirtier and dirtier Dirty. and dirtier. Um, yeah. But he actually just filed a suit, too. Like, there was another lawsuit kind of filed uh, recently saying, basically, Jeezy's filing to enforce the prenuptial agreement. So oh, he's saying, this. yeah, yeah he, I mean, I don't know. This Do prenup stacks do they still hold up in court these days, or
2: is it there's some? Oh, a hundred percent. Okay, a hundred percent. A lot of people though will try to get them um, pushed to the side because if there is infidelity, maybe that disqualifies a prenuptial agreement, or if there's other things that can come up that makes that nullify a prenup. And so he is saying, no, 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 everything is in place. I want to make sure that the agreed upon prenuptial agreement is enforced in this divorce. So he's uh, to me, that makes it sound like there was no funky donkey stuff that would have negated the, the prenup. Um, and some people have those clauses in there. Like if there is cheating or if there is, you know, something that happens outside the marriage, it could uh, cause a wrinkle in the payouts and such.
1: I will say this, Jeannie Mai has said that she does want Jeezy in her children's life. She's like, no, no, I want him to be an involved father. It's just I want him to be – I want it to be a safe condition. So we'll see how this story escalates because this is not the end of this story. Uh, Dax, number five.
2: Uh, Number five is Rachel Bilson talking about being shamed by Whoopi Goldberg on The View. Um, So she showed up on to – the hell's his name? Bill Maher's uh, TV show, Bill it's Maher's Club Randa. Oh, podcast, not it's TV it, show, his podcast. It's his like,
1: podcast, yeah.
2: Um, and so she started talking about how, do you remember when she made those comments about, she thought it? she would find it weird if a single man in his 40s had only slept with four women? And then it became like this huge story because Whoopi got into it on The View, um, basically kind of shaming her, saying that, you know, like, what are you doing Wanting to know about how many guy or how many women this, these guys have slept with, like it made her kind of—I I would almost want to say—it was kind of slut shaming in, in a way. And I think now looking back, Rachel at the time felt criticized, but then she goes, "Oh wait, you know, maybe I should have really been thanking her because there was so much publicity generated by this by this this publicity of Whoopi going after her." that a lot of people came to listen to her podcast. And I, I think I think it was uh, uh, Rachel who said, like, I should be sending her a fruit basket for Christmas because of all the publicity it generated, which drove a lot of ears and listens to my podcast.
1: Yeah, you know what? I mean, I'm surprised Bill Maher had Rachel Bilson on. And again, this is his podcast. It wasn't his show. Rachel mm-hmm. Bilson, in my opinion, was one of those girls who – she actually, you know, I first got to know her from the OC. Did you watch the OC, Dex? Were you a fan of the OC show? Oh yeah, I used to watch it. For sure. I used to watch it too. And then towards the end, it was getting a little crazy and weird. But at the beginning, it was a great show. And then she, you know, she was wanted to be seen as a real actress, and I don't think the industry was seeing her as a, a real actress. And <laughs> um, it's it's tough. It's tough for pretty. I you know, said pretty. It's tough for anybody to kind of have that longevity in their career. So, what has Rachel been doing the last year? is She's been more vocal. She was never this person, an outspoken person, in the past. But ever since she started this podcast, she's been sort of making news, talking about her sex life. And now here's a great opportunity for capitalize on it, get her stuff in the news, and um, yeah, it was a it's it, this is great publicity for her podcast. How many people listen to it? I don't know because there's so many podcasts out there. Listen, I mean. But-
2: Publicity doesn't hurt anything. So I I agree with her. Even if you ruffled a few feathers by saying something controversial and you got a lot of people to tune in and listen to you, you did what you needed to do to make that podcast a success.
1: Yeah. And if anything, maybe it doesn't bring in more listeners. Maybe it does because people know that are aware that she has a a podcast. But it helps out with your press kit to bring in advertisers. So, again, this is a job at the end of the day for Rachel Bilson. Dax, Number four
2: story. Mayim Bialik fired from Jeopardy. Um, Apparently the producers realized that the dual hosting uh, wasn't necessary anymore. Uh, You know, if you remember Mayim kind of stepped away because of the whole writer's strike going on in Hollywood. And so Ken Jennings was kind of really doing a lot of the heavy lifting with the hosting of Jeopardy there for a while. And during that time, Ken started really honing in a lot of his um, his hosting skills and doing a really good job. And unfortunately, I think that was kind of the nail in the coffin for Mayim that producers realized, like, why do we need to be paying two people when one of them is doing the work? And, I, I, and apparently, you know, TMZ kind of dove into this a little bit more, come to find out that um, her team was a little difficult to work with according to one insider close to the whole thing that her team was hard to work with, that her, her scheduling was always an issue that um, uh, apparently she was making like $4 million a season. And then every season after that, it was supposed to go up by a million dollars, but Ken was also getting paid 4 million. So if you think about it, like yeah, they, they're going to probably be saving a lot of money. His paycheck will obviously go up, Um, cause he'll be doing the single hosting job, but I don't think it'll jump to eight. So they'll probably end up saving money in this whole situation. Uh, she did not sound happy with it, but they do want her to come back for specials and, you know, they do come like, it's like celebrity jeopardy or, you know, they, they do all these specials throughout the year and they want her to come back. But, um, I don't know if she's going to want to do
1: that or not. You know, this is a simple business move. This is nothing personal. And I, I, I kind of get it. I get it. You know, you have to save your – you, you got to save – that's a lot of money. $4 million is a lot of money. And when people – at least it's funny. Only recently, in the last like three months, have I started to res- to really watch Jeopardy. Is that And yeah. Dax, just listen to this. Jeopardy is like an old person game show. And when I was younger, I'd be like, why would someone watch this show? And now that I've gotten older, I'm like, I'm actually entertained by watching Jeopardy. Like I get it. <laughs> And uh and, but when you watch a show, you're not watching it for my Bialik. In fact, like you just watch it for the actual game of it and just want to see your own wit and see how test your own knowledge. So it this is a simple business move. And I understand them for passing on Mayan Bialic, because it she did her job well, also, for
2: yeah. I think I think what screwed her over honestly was the strike. You know what I'm saying? Like sure. they realized during that time they didn't actually need her like that sucks to like, I think that's everyone's worst fear is to like, it's outside of your control. You leave work or you skip work for a little bit and they realize like your replacement is right here and they're doing a better job than you. So they're going to let you go like that. sucks. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's the strike kind of, they saw the ratings didn't really change, and it's like, okay, we could get a we could get by with this. And uh, it's it's not it's show business. They don't care about the show as much. It's about the business. People need to make profit. There's got to be margins. It's a simple business move. Dax, the number three story. Guy Fieri says he plans to die
2: broke and leave his kids nothing unless they get two degrees. Um, So this was very, very interesting. Um, You know, keeping in mind that he recently just signed an estimated $100 million contract with the Food Network. Uh, He told Fox News that he doesn't plan on giving any of that to his sons um, without them heading to school, which I mean, I kind of love because think how many kids would be like, oh, my dad's worth $100 million. Why would I need to work? Why do I need to go to school? Why do I need to get a degree If someone's going to end up just handing me a boatload of money and he's saying, no, like my dad instilled a work ethic in me, his dad told him the same thing when he was younger, like, look, I'm going to die broke. Don't count on me. You need to be paying for my funeral. And so uh, two of his sons are already headed that way. One, one of his sons is, I guess, working on his master's. The other one's working on, um, I forget, there was, they're at at two colleges and then he's got a, a, a nephew that also lives with him because his, uh, his sister had passed away back in 2011. And, um, he is, I I don't know. I love it. I think that this is, is great. Um, not letting kids just live off the teat, but really having to work for their own.
1: Yeah. I thought this is fantastic. And listen, when it says two degrees, I'm sure Guy Fieri is taking care of them or taking care of the cost of achieving those two degrees. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it, You know, I think it gives them work ethic and something to work towards, and give them enough knowledge where they can use that knowledge to kind of go into business. And I I get it; I totally understand. I think it's, you know, there's. So let me let us know. Actually, let us know in the private Facebook group if you agree with Guy Fieri here, if you're against Guy Fieri here. Uh, We have this private Facebook group called Off the Record, which you guys should join if you're not in. It's uh, it's a really cool community. If you agree with Guy Fieri, let us know. If you disagree with Guy Fieri here, let us know. Because I would love to if people have a counter-opinion to what Dax and I think.
2: Yeah, so it's his his youngest son is still a, uh, in high school. He's a senior. And he's like, damn, let me – like I haven't even started college. Let me focus on even just getting to college before you push two degrees on me. And then it's his nephew who is already working on the law degree and his son who is working on his master's. So, it i i just got to say it is a smart move you don't have spoiled rich kids this way
1: and it's hard it's you know i got to imagine with all the with having that last name you know it's it's not easy to kind of keep your kids hungry when they know they'll never be hungry and i think yeah. this is a way of keeping them hungry and uh and keeping that drive in them um Something to achieve, you know. It, it just works. I think it's a, I think it's actually great. I, I give Guy a lot of credit. By the way, what a nice person Guy Fury is. Have you ever met Guy Fury?
2: I have not. And you know what? He might even just be saying this to mess with them to force them to go to school. You know, and just to at the end of the day, he is going to leave them stuff, but you scare them into making sure they're educated, smart individuals, which I still love.
1: Yeah. Um, Guy Fieri, one of the nicest guys out there, so good for him. I, I appreciate it. But let us know if you guys have different opinions in our private Facebook group. Dax, the number two story. Number two. Kendall Jenner and Bad Bunny break
2: up after uh, less than a year of dating. I guess things just essentially fizzled out between them, one uh, one source is saying. Um, so, you know, they, they started – Dating earlier this year, and then I guess their busy schedu- schedules is what kind of just ruined it. And according to a lot of sources close to them, and like he's telling E.T., like, look, they knew that this wasn't going to be a forever love story. They were enjoying it while it lasted, but they are way too busy. She's one of the biggest models on the planet. He is the biggest singer on the planet right now. Well, I don't know. It's, he's up there with, uh, with Taylor Swift. Uh, But they're, you know, he is crazy, crazy successful all over the world all the time. And so how do you make a relationship work when you're constantly traveling on the move and everyone needs a piece of you, right? Like, it's impossible. And so it doesn't sound like there's any hard feelings between the two of them. It just fizzled out. And who knows, maybe one day they'll work their way back together again.
1: I'm curious if she will kind of go the regular person route next yeah I, I you know I, I you nah. know what my prediction is I, I my prediction is she's gonna end up back with uh, Devin Booker there is more consistency there there is more it was just more of like yes does he travel but he only travels half the year but you also knew when he was gonna be home she more.
2: Need, she needs to find like a Hollywood super agent or something like someone who lives in Hollywood has like a, a stable job here that doesn't need to be traveling the world For their own career. And so there could be some consistency. I think it's too hard when you get two superstars together. Like, how do you make that work? Like the the one thing about uh, Travis Kelsey and Taylor, he will end up hitting the end of the season. And then he can spend as much time doing, you know, traveling with her around the world as he wants to. And plus, she's so filthy rich that she can get on her private jet and go to all of his games like for them that kind of works but for other people that's
1: really hard to maintain but you also need someone who's sort of in the business to understand your life and i think that could be someone important you know you want someone as a partner when you're that big to be
2: you know what she needs to big? do you know what a lot of like models and huge celebrities they just go and marry a billionaire like Selma um, Hayek, Tina Turner, like so many people, they they go and they find themselves a billionaire and they live a, a fantastic life.
1: There is a lot of money out there and that part, it's crazy, especially being in Miami right now. You see how many people, unless it's fraud that's going on out here, but there's <laughs> there's a lot of people with money. So yes, no matter what, she needs to end up with someone with a lot of money so they don't have to kind of go off her... It's complicated. I think there's gotta be the right mix. Billionaire is a really good route. And I think she could find a very good <laughs> looking billionaire. The other person she needs to be with someone famous, someone who understands what fame is like. Cause it's not easy to kind of be up just saying, throwing out their electrician, and they go right into the limelight. You need someone who's able to handle that type of transition because it's it's crazy. It's not a it's it's a crazy change of life. Your whole life changes. Um, Blah, blah, blah. Kendall Jenner will be just fine. Move on. Dax, the number one story
0: of the week.
2: Number one story of the week, Jonathan Majors getting fired from Disney and Marvel Studios after the assault guilty verdicts. Um, This is a huge deal. This guy was on track to having one of the biggest careers in Hollywood. Um, And this news comes right in the wake of him being found guilty of reckless assault and harassment in that domestic violence trial by a six person, New York city jury A studio rep confirmed that that was their decision not to move forward with majors in the MCU. You know, he played the mega villain villain King, King, the conqueror, I believe it's it's King. And, um, and he was first introduced in the Loki movie. And then, Ant-Man and the Wasp, and um, and I mean they, those two movies racked in massive amounts of money. He was also obviously in Creed three, and so it's just like everything was landing for this guy. They were potentially going to be doing a spinoff uh, movie just about King, the King Dynasty, which was scheduled for like 2026. Uh, and so that now I don't know what that means for the movie if they're going to find a replacement for him or if that, they just scrapped that movie all But, I mean, this guy's entire career just got basically
1: trashed. Dax, this is the number one story of the week. Mm-hmm. Do you think this story should be even bigger right now than people are really talking about? Because I, I obviously this was a slow week. There wasn't too much going on. But the magnitude of this story and just what it goes into the industry – this story is crazy big to me. And I, I feel like I'm surprised even more people are not talking about it. I'm surprised too. Uh, it's weird, right? There's like not some hype about this story. And maybe because some people didn't consider him a star yet. That's maybe what it team is. Team, like
2: they didn't recognize the name. Like it's not like saying Brad Pitt. You know what I'm saying? Like this is Jonathan Majors where you're like, wait, who – and I think people once they say his face, are like, oh yeah yeah, no, I know who that is. Um, but he didn't he doesn't necessarily have that name recognition in every household yet, but he was on his way. This guy was on his way to being a household name. Um, and it just shows you the power of making smart decisions in your life and how quickly you can derail everything you have tried to achieve in one evening in one instance you know what i'm saying
1: yeah it's scary it's it's scary and this whole guy this guy's world is turned upside down i mean he he's not saying he was never he was always financially doing well but being in a marvel movie that's like hitting the jackpot that's why huge actors are like dying to be in these movies not dying but that's not the word but they're 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 obsessing to be in these movies because these are the movies that make so much money. now. But it's
2: it's not a lot of these. The reason is because it's not just one movie. They then spin you off into another movie, then spin you off into another movie. Then they give you your, your full movie just about your character. I mean, it's a massive payday for a lot of these people. And it makes them again, household names like, you know, Tom Holland, it made him a household name being cast as Spider-Man and, All the different movies that spun out of it. I mean, I got to imagine this guy is really regretting that night right now.
1: Who knows, man? I mean, I know there's photos of him. He was in New York the other day. Now he flew out to LA. What? So, Dax, fill me in. What's the story with him now? Does he go? Obviously, he lost the Marvel job. But Mm -hmm. are we waiting? Is there a sentence yet for him, or no?
2: Uh, Ooh, that is a great question. I. I'm assuming there will be something. Let me actually click on this link right here just so maybe I can give you some more information.
1: Because, um, again, this guy, to me, it's almost like you lost – to me as a, you know, just a reader, I'm like, okay, you lost the case. Therefore, you lost your Marvel job. And mm-hmm. everything, the Marvel job rested on this story. He lost the Marvel job.
2: Well, it looks like we lost Adam. That was random. Okay. Well, uh, just to conclude on that, uh, sentencing has been set for February 6th. So we will see, um, you know, it looks like he could be facing up to one year behind bars. Um, So anyway, all right. Well, that is our uh, our raw, raw rundown for this week. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure you follow our private Facebook group, Off The Record, Follow us on all social media. You can find me at Dax Holt. You can find Adam at Adam Glenn. Um, and we are everywhere. Um, thank you guys for taking the time to leave us a review on the Apple podcast. You know that means a lot to us. And hopefully uh, we can get around to reading your review once you put it up there. Five stars only, though. All right, guys.
0: Thank you so much. Talk to you later. Bye. A Media Production.